Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Isn't God good this morning? Amen. Well, this is some different times, isn't it? Um, I don't know what to think about all these times, but I do know God is in charge and I know that he is up to something. And I believe that he is gonna make a way where there seems to be no way. Amen. A couple announcements that we want you to know about. First of all, uh, of course, there will be no breakthrough tonight. So mark that down if you were planning on coming. Um, And also on Wednesday, of course, we'll be live streaming our Wednesday service at seven o'clock. And Pastor Alex is going to begin a new series on Wednesday called The Power of the Blood of Jesus. And this is a kind of in, a, in the precursor to uh, Easter, because how many know Easter is coming up? And uh, you know what? We believe in the power of the blood. Amen. Amen. We believe God's got something for you. So tune into that and uh, uh, mark that down. Amen. This morning, I want to just take a few minutes and I want to share with you um, something that I'm going to say the Lord laid this on my heart, um, but the truth is, is God's been laying this on my heart for a while. Um, I, I asked the Lord, I, I, I was very concerned. You know, I knew that as we were coming into this season and going on, on live stream and, and, and just coming to this place where we were going to do church a little bit different, I, 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 I began to pray and I said, God, what is it that you want me to say? What do you want me to say to this congregation? Because inevitably, there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of things that are happening. We're being stirred in different ways. Some of it's good. Some of it's not so good. And so it's like, how do you think this? And God began to speak to me. And you know what he said? He goes, I want you to give them a friendly reminder. And it's like, okay, all right, what do you want me to remind them of? What do you want me to tell them? And he says, well, I want you to tell them what I've already said. Now, look, this morning, I'm not gonna just rehash sermons that I've done before, but there were some particular uh, verses of scripture that God had laid on my heart. Uh, I did turn them into, uh, uh, into sermons and, I, and I, I did that, but the reality is these were scriptures that God was using, um, I believe, to prepare for us to prepare for this season. And so what I wanna do is I just wanna take some time and go over that with you. And I wanna share these with you. And I hope that what you do is as you're at home, that you would write this down, write these scriptures down, go back into your Bible after the service is over. And for the next week or so, or two weeks, that you would spend some time meditating on what God is saying to us. So sometime back in, I think it was September, of last year. And actually, this verse of scripture came to me even further back. It was in September when I preached on it. Uh, but uh, back in even in the beginning uh, days of last year, 2019, Jesus began to minister me, to me a scripture out of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 5 and 6. And it was something that God laid on my heart. And the Bible says this. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your way and he shall direct your path. Now there's more to that context and we'll get into that here in just a second. But this was something that, that, that God really began to lay on my heart. He said, John, I need you to trust me. 
Now, I'll, I'll be honest with you. As human beings, trust doesn't come natural to us. The reality is, is we have a hard time uh, trusting. Oh, we say we trust and we'll talk about that and we'll say, yeah, I trust. But when the rubber meets the road, when we really are in that place where we need to trust, sometimes we begin to question, we begin to wonder. And in this portion of scripture, Jesus tells us, he says, trust the Lord with all your heart. In other words, we come to a place where we are what I would call radically dependent upon God where there are no other options. See, I think one of the things that happens to us a lot of times in life is that we get a lot more options. And so when the options are taken away, and we're starting to see that in our society right now, options are being taken away. We, we come to this place, it's like, well, who do I turn to? And what God is saying is, I want you to turn to me. I want you to trust me with your whole heart. I want you to put your devotion into it. I want you to trust me. How many know we say this? These are, these are great buzzwords. We say things like, God's got this. God's in control. God's not my co-pilot. He's my pilot. We say things like that until the plane is starting to crash. And then we begin to wonder, are you flying this, Lord? And the temptation is to take matters into our own hands. But that's exactly what he says in this, in this portion of scripture. He says, lean not to your own understanding, in other words, he, he encourages us, don't try to figure this out. I've tried, I've sat down, I've tried. It's like, there is no rhyme or reason for some of the things that are going on. Now we know that there are some good uh, piece of, pieces of, of advice. We know that there are people that are trying to protect us and help us and all of that. But there are some responses that just don't make sense. And it's like, Lord, what is going on? And God says, quit trying to figure it out. Just try, just, just trust me. Trust me with your whole heart. Don't lean to your own understanding, but acknowledge me. Acknowledge me. And I think what we have to do is we have to stop and we have to say, you know what, God, you really are in control. You really are the God of the universe. You really are the Lord of my life. You really are at work. Like the song says, even though I may not see it, even though I may not realize it or feel it or sense it, you are at work. In church, I guarantee you in this season, God is at work. God is at work. He is not the author of it. He didn't start this. This is not some form of judgment. Listen to me, it's not some form of judgment. God is a God of grace. We live in the age of grace. One day he will become a judge, but right now he's not. He's a God of grace. He is not doing this. The reality is this is a strategy of hell. This is the reality of life. And God says, but I will use it. I will bring glory to myself and I will bless my church in it. The truth is, isn't it amazing that God now has our attention? And so in the midst of this, we're more and more are turning toward God, more and more are looking. They're going, wait a second, we need to pay attention. And this is what it's about. And so we're to acknowledge him and say, you know what? You are a good God. You are a good father. You are a provider. You are a healer. You are the one that sticks closer than the brother. You never leave us or forsake us. That's who you are. You are a way maker, a miracle worker, a promise keeper, the light in the darkness. That is who you are. 
And we can't forget that. We need to acknowledge that. And he says, and the result of that is I will direct your path. I will direct you. I will show you where you need to go. I will show you what you need to do. That's been my prayer is, Lord, there are so many opinions right now. There's so many people that think we ought to do this and we ought to do that. And there's all kinds of things. But Lord, what do you say? And he says, trust me. Don't lean to your understanding. Don't try to figure it out. Acknowledge me and I will direct your path. You know, the, the amazing thing, and, and I, the re, I brought my Bible up here, and the reason is, is because I want to just read the rest of this to you. Because it goes on, it says, uh, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And then in verse seven, it says, do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Listen to that. There's a promise of health in this scripture. It's when we lean on him. It's when we acknowledge him, when we're not wise in our own eyes. And when we trust him, he says, this is going to bring about something that will be healthy. It will literally bring health to your body. And then he goes on and he says this, and I love it. He says, uh, uh, bless the Lord with all your wealth and the first fruits of your increase. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim with new wine. And as I was thinking about that, and I was thinking, you know, in this season, not only is there the challenge of our health, you know, it's like, well, am I going to get this? Am I not? Who's going to, all this on and on and on. But right now, a lot of people, because of these circumstances, are struggling financially. But the promise of the Lord is this, is that if we will put him first, if we will trust him, if we will acknowledge him, not trying to figure it out, if we will we'll walk away from evil, he says, not only will it be health to your body, he says, but I'm going to make sure that when you seek my kingdom, I'm going to prioritize you. Your barns are gonna be filled with plenty and your vats are gonna overflow. Can you say amen? This has been something, like I said, that's been on my heart for a very long time. This has been something that has been stirring me. I've been praying this. And so I'd like to do is I'd like to suggest to you that in the days to come and in, in in, as things begin to unfold and we get more and more information, that you would find refuge in that scripture. That you would say, you know what, God, I'm gonna trust you. I trust you. I can't, I can't figure this out. I don't know what's happening, but I'm gonna trust you and I'm gonna seek your kingdom. And God, I'm gonna rely on you. Can you say amen to that? The second verse of scripture that the Lord really laid on my heart is, is, is somewhat similar to this, but it takes it into a new level. It's Psalm 23, verse number one. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And you know, and as you meditate on that and you think about that, I think about the fact that who is shepherding me? Well, it's my Lord my Lord, my God, my heavenly father. He is my shepherd. He is the one that leads me beside still waters. He allows me to lay down in green pastures. He is the one that comforts me. He is the one when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I, I can fear no evil. Why? Because he's there with me. Now I propose to you today that, that in this season, this is a season where things can get dark because of fear. 
fear can rise up. Think, there's challenges that we're having to face and it, it, it seems very difficult to us. It can be a type of valley of the shadow of death, but it's in that place that God begins to reveal himself to you. He says, I'm there. I will comfort you with my rod and my staff. And he says, you know what? I'm gonna prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemy and goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. And it starts out with this statement, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. This word want is an interesting word because what it literally means is it, it means you will not lack. You will not be in need. And listen to this. I love this, this definition. You will not diminish. Listen, the, the shepherd is in charge of the welfare of the sheep. He is in charge of the well-being of the sheep. He provides for them. He leads them. He guides them. It, the Bible tells us that he anoints their head with oil. There is tender, loving care. And he says, you will not diminish. So body, soul, and spirit, the Bible says you will not diminish. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus is my shepherd. Can you say amen? And because of that, I will not lack, I will not be in need, and I will not diminish. Once again, I believe this is a, a portion of scripture. This is a verse that, that we need to not just generalize. I believe that we need to take it in on the inside and we need to say, you know what, God, this is what you're saying to me in this time and begin to meditate on it, begin to pray. I could tell you that when I come into my private time of prayer, that oftentimes I just repeat that. I will say back to him, Lord, you are my shepherd. Lord, you are for me. You are with me. You're my shepherd. I, I shall not want. I will not be in need. See, there's something powerful about the declaration of the word of God. Can you say amen? When we declare these truths, I shall not want. That's a promise, church. It's a promise and I can declare that promise that it is good as gold. It's at work in my life. This, once again, like I said, this was something that the Lord laid upon my heart. I remember when I first uh, came to this verse of scripture, when God first put it to me, I was driving through Golden Valley. We were driving, Kathy and I were driving through Golden Valley and, and we were, I don't know, on our way to, something, do, uh, go have dinner or just go for a drive. I don't know what we were doing, but nonetheless, we're driving through Golden Valley and this verse came up. This verse came up and it caught me and it grabbed my attention. And I begin to realize that what God is doing is he is speaking to my life. Now, as I look back, I see what the Lord is doing was preparing for our future. Can you say amen? The third verse that I really feel like the Lord laid upon board this and we don't know what, we, what we're gonna do. And Paul is assuring them that God has got their back, that because of their generosity, he is gonna be generous to them. And he says these words, he says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. 
Now that verse of scripture is loaded because it's not just about giving. It's no, no doubt that in the context, it has a lot to do with giving, but there's so much more here. I've got a lot of power. I got a lot of strength. I got all this stuff. I got all these things, but I'm not so sure I wanna give it to you. No, he is saying, I have everything you need. I have health. I have life. I have provision. I have security. I have power. I have salvation, I have everything you need, and I am able and willing to cause it to abound or to chase you down, to run after you so that you will be completely sufficient, that you will need nothing else, that you will have all sufficiency in all things, and that you will have an abundance for every good work. Listen, God is not a God who is a God of just enough. God is not a God of not enough. Our God is a God of more than enough. He's got more than enough health. He's got more than enough life. He's got more than enough provision. He's got more than enough security. He has got everything you need and his grace is abounding towards you. Now listen, Paul picks up this idea um, in 2 Corinthians 12, and Paul is dealing with the struggle that he has on the inside. He is uh, uh, concerned about the thorn in his flesh. And he's worried about this, and he, he doesn't know how to deal with this. And the Bible says that he goes to the Lord three times. And listen to the Lord's response. He says, my grace, same word, my divine ability is sufficient for you. In other words, I'm going to answer you through my grace. I'm gonna deal with your situation by my grace. Sometimes we, I think we, we, we interpret that as God just put him off. No, God answered his question three times. God made a way three times. There's a lot of information that's missing in that story. We don't have it. There's a lot of assumptions that we have to make. But what we know for sure, one thing, Paul had a problem. It wasn't something that he could deal with. And he went to God and God answered him three times and said, everything you need, I have. My grace is sufficient for you. My divine ability is working in you. And then Paul picks this up and he says, that's why I would rather glory in my trouble. He says, because when I'm weak, when I'm in need, when I'm struggling, when I don't know what to do, God's strength, is being perfected in me. That's what he's saying. This is what this verse is all about. And if you chase this out a little bit further, if you chase out 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and you go down into like verse 10 and, and beyond, you'll find that God makes some astonishing promises. He tells them, he says, you know what I'm gonna do? Is I'm gonna cause the seed that you've sown to increase. How many know when you sow seed into a garden, it's limited. You may sow a lot, you may, you may throw out a lot, but there is a, and then I'm gonna increase the fruit from it. So how many know that a seed can produce a certain amount and God says, I'm gonna cause that seed to produce more than it was originally intended. This is the promise that God's giving us today and it works in every area. Think about this for a moment. This is the thing I've been meditating on. I've been thinking about the names of God. In John chapter 17, Jesus 
is praying for his disciples and he makes a very uh, unusual statement. He says this, he says, Lord, I have manifested your name to them. And I got thinking about that and I thought, well, what, what, what does that mean? What, what is he saying? And, and what he's saying is, God, I have been the demonstration of who you are. I am the perfect reflection of you. I am the perfect, I am the essence of God. I reflected you. I came and represented you. I am you in the earth. And, and he, he begins to say this. And so when you begin to think about the names of God, you begin to think about a name like El Shaddai or the all-powerful one, the all-sufficient one, that nothing's too big or too small for him. He's El Shaddai or he's Jehovah Jireh. He is the provider. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is the healer. He is Jehovah Shama. He is the one that is there. He is Jehovah Shalom. He is the God of our peace. He is peace. He's the Prince of peace. He is uh, 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 Jehovah M. Kadesh. He is the God of our sanctification. He is Jehovah uh, 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 Roi. He is the God who is our shepherd. He is Jehovah Nisi. He is the victory of our life. Everything we need is contained in the essence of who he is. And he says this, once again, going back, the Lord is my shepherd. The shepherd is Jehovah Jireh. The shepherd is Jehovah Rapha. The shepherd is Jehovah Shama. The shepherd is our peace and he is there. And then he says, I'm able to make this divine ability which my name describes to abound toward you so that you have all abundance in every good work. Then finally, the fourth verse that has been just uh, uh, running through my mind and my heart has been Philippians chapter four, verse 19. And I love this verse because once again, this is one of those all-encompassing verses. It says, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I think it's amazing to think about that there are several places in scripture where God talks about warehouses in heaven. He talks about snow. He talks about warehouses laden with snow, with water. He talks about warehouses in heaven. Throughout scripture, there's places in Job and other places where he talks about this, this, this great thing of there's plenty in heaven. So whatever it is, whether it's healing, whether it's uh, finances, encouraged in the shadow of the most high. That's what we're doing. We're coming into that presence. You know, I, I forget what the exact term is, but there, there is a new thing, a new uh, phrase coming about right now is uh, uh, shelter in place. It's talking about uh, possibly they could come to a place where if you're at a mall, they're not gonna let you out. But I say this, here's what I say. Let's shelter in his presence. You can shelter in his presence no matter where you're at. You could shelter in his presence at home. And it's his word. And you know what? These, these verses of scripture that I read to you today, these are the verses that I, I believe that God put on my heart for this church and for me. But I am certain that there are verses of scripture that if you were to go back and, and just take a look at what God has spoke to you in the last six months, you'd probably see that he's been preparing you as well. And those are verses of scripture that he is speaking to you so that you can dwell in the secret place 
so that you can dwell under the shadow of the Most High, so that you can be in His presence. And you know, church, let me say this as, as I, I start bringing this to a close this morning. I want, I, I want to encourage you. See, all of this is leading us to one thing, and that's this, is that we've got to rise above fear. There is no doubt that fear is running rampant in many ways. We're seeing people, uh, we, we see panic buying, we see people uh, that, that, that are, are panicking about their health and all those things. And I understand it and it's understandable. And I have great compassion for that. So this is not a, a statement about that, but what the statement I wanna make is that fear is overcomable. But the way that you overcome it is you have to stand against it. You have to say, no, I'm not gonna be afraid. What I'm gonna do is trust. And the reason I'm gonna trust is because the Lord is my shepherd and he provides for me. In fact, he's willing and he has the ability to pour out divine ability on me so that I would have an abundance for everything that I need. And then he tells us, he says, you know what? This is according to my riches and glory. And see, we can look at that fear and we could say, you know, I'm not gonna accept you. I know that you make sense. You know, fear doesn't, fear doesn't just come in times like this. He doesn't just come with a lie. He goes, look at what everybody's saying. Look at, look at, take a look. And it makes sense. It, it makes so much sense to us. It's like, oh, we ought to be afraid. No, we need to be cautious. Listen, I'm not saying that we'd be stupid. We, we're, we, we need to follow and obey the, the rules and the regulations. And we need to follow what our, our, our leaders are telling us. But at the same time, we need to rise up in faith and say, wait a second, God, you get the last word. You, you God, get the last word. And so somewhere what we have to do is we have to stand up and we have to fight against it. Fear will not go away on its own. You have to evict it. You have to say, you're out of here. You're not gonna be here. And sometimes church, you may have to do that 50 times a day. You may have to say, no, you're not. Because fear will be persistent. That's why you have to be persistent. That's why I've given you verses that you can hang on to, that you can quote. You can look at them and you can put them in and you can stand and say, no, no, God's my healer. God's my healer. Look, at there's a verse in scripture in John 10, 10, it says, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. He says, but I came to give life. Now I want you to listen to this. I came to give life and life more abundantly. That, the, the translation of that is I came to give life, the kind of life that God has and that without measure. That's the antidote. Then he says this in Romans chapter eight, verse two. He says this, the law of the spirit of life in Christ sets me free from the law of sin and death. So what does that tell us? It tells us that there is a law, there's a higher law than what's at work in the earth today. And that's the law of the spirit of life in Christ. That life is the kind of life that God has. That life pushes out sickness and disease. That life stands against that. And we could stand on that word. He also says in Romans 8, 11, he says, if the spirit, if the spirit of the Lord that, that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, then the spirit that raised Christ from the dead will quicken or make alive or revive your mortal flesh, your mortal body. These are promises in the word of God. 
And then you go on, if you trace out and you spend time reading Romans 8, you find out that he actually takes us to his place where he says, you know what? I'm gonna adopt you as my own. And we could cry out, Abba, Father, and we no longer, he says, in fact, we no longer have to be in the bondage to fear. We don't have to be a slave to fear anymore because we're the children of God. Oh, church, I know these are difficult times and they're strange times. This is strange for me. I'm, I'm somewhat out of my element and I'm having to work it through. But you know what, these are also some incredible times. Because if we'll stop long enough and listen, God will speak. He's speaking now. And if we slow down, we may see the wonderful hand of God moving in ways that you can't even imagine. And so I encourage you this morning to take these verses of scripture and put them in and meditate on them and let them be a part of your life. God. Let's take a moment and let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for your word. Father, we thank you, God, that you have given us your word, that we can meditate on it, that we can believe it, that we can stand upon it. And Father, I pray right now that everyone that is listening to this message right now, God would make a decision to resist fear, to meditate on the word, to allow that to become a part of them, that will pay attention to what you're speaking in this hour. And Father, I pray, God, against fear. I bind it in the name of Jesus, and I command it to loose its hold. And Father, I thank you that you're ministering to your people. And I wonder, Lord, just before we go right now, I wonder the, all the, the, the people that are watching online, if you're watching and you'd say, you know what, I loved your message, but and I, I, do, I feel disconnected from God. This is revealed, this, this season has re revealed a disconnect. And you say, you know what? I need Jesus in my life. Then what I want you to do is I want you to pray this prayer with me. You can pray it quietly to yourself, wherever you're at. You say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Be my Lord and my savior. I give you my life and I ask you to help me live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you prayed that, for, that prayer for the first time, it is the best decision of your life. If you prayed it for the 101st time, it's still the best decision of your life. And we encourage you, let somebody know. You can, you know, if you're online, you can type in a, a, a message to us and let us know that that you accepted Jesus as your savior. If you, if you want any more information, you can get on our website and you can leave us a message on our website and, and we, uh, let us know how to contact you and if you want more information about this and we will contact you. Um, and you know what? I just want to encourage you, church. I just want to encourage you. Keep going. Keep the faith. Stay safe. And you know what? Let God shine in your life. Amen. Well, this morning, thanks for joining us. We appreciate you. And uh, remember, uh, Wednesday night, we will be live streaming at seven o'clock. Uh, Pastor Alex will be ministering a sermon entitled The Power of Jesus's Blood. This is a series that he's going to do uh, before we go into Easter. And so we just want to remind you of that. God bless you. You have a great day.
Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.